Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Hope you had a great week. Thank you so much for all the birthday wishes. Unfortunately, I got pretty sick last weekend, but I am doing so much better thanks to antibiotics and some prednisone. <laughs> so we are we are back at it. Um, oh my goodness, so much went on this week. There were so many trailers that were released, a uh, number of divorces announced. Oh my gosh, I guys... I think I'm really, really naive when it comes to Bravo divorces. I did not want to believe the Tom and Katie Schwartz stuff until it like was very obvious when I was in LA that it was happening. And I really didn't want to believe the stuff between Kenny and Lisa Hochstein, but Oof, it looks bad. I can't believe that she went with Larsa to confront him and his new girlfriend out at some club and threw a drink and that cameras weren't there. We need cameras for that exact moment. I hope somebody has video footage and it ends up in the show. And obviously, I'm entirely team Lisa on this. I... I really, really wanted to like Lenny because he was a Russian Jewish refugee that left the Soviet Union around the same time as my dad. And I've always wanted to have him on my podcast just to hear his immigrant um, and refugee story. But yeah, I don't know. (laughs) He's kind of dead to me now. (laughs) Um, And then, of course, Dr. Jen has filed for legal separation from Ryan. (laughs) And I think most of us saw that coming. They were just such an odd pair that looked like they had no like communication skills. It's so painful to watch these couples on TV that truly can't communicate with one another. And part of me is like trying to be empathetic. Maybe it's because cameras are there and and they're not saying exactly what they would normally say if the cameras weren't around. But I don't know. The cameras don't lie, and most of you have noticed that both Lisa and Kenny didn't seem to be very happy, and Dr. Jen and her husband didn't seem to be very happy, and look at at, at where we are. Well, one of the big stories that has been playing out this week, both on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but also out on social media in real time, is Tablegate, which my guest and I dive into a bit. But oh my goodness, is this such a frivolous fight? And it all started because Lisa Rinna made up that Harry Hamlin was offended that Garcelle didn't thank or send a text about the bolognese sauce. I mean, I can't get enough of this. It is so funny. But I did want to share a personal story about Elton John um, with you all, because apparently everybody knows Elton, right? (laughs) It's like Harry and Lisa are personal guests, and Sutton goes to the gala every year, and Diana Jenkins is the underwriter of the gala. Well, Mandy Slutsker has an Elton John story, too. (laughs) 
<laughs> so in uh, July of 2016, I was at the International AIDS Conference in Durban, South Africa, and a colleague of mine got food poisoning. And that colleague was supposed to staff a young woman from Zimbabwe named Lois Maturu, who was speaking on a panel that day. And so he couldn't do it. So I stepped in last minute. And, you know, just helping her like arrange her talking points, practicing with her being in the green room with her making sure she was where she was supposed to be at, you know, each given moment. And there was a lot of security. And the reason why there was a lot of security is because Prince Harry and Elton John were part of that panel as well. And so I am in the green room with Lois and, you know, Prince Harry is there and he is lovely and very serious and, you know, asking them very thoughtful, personal questions, you know, getting ready to lead this panel. And then Elton John walks in. And what I didn't realize is that Lois knew Elton from when she was a younger girl because the Elton John AIDS Foundation had supported her to get on antiretroviral therapy, um, had supported her schooling. And she, I mean, she called him Uncle Elton. I was like, what is going on? And he is exactly exactly what you think he would be. I mean, he walked in the green room and he's like, hello, darlings, and just like hugging everyone and super friendly and just jovial and just dressed to the nines. And I didn't realize that the man with him was his husband who also helped run the foundation. So me and his husband actually spent two hours together, you know, watching the panel behind the scenes, all of that stuff. And we were chit-chatting and only later did I realize that was his husband because I don't even know where my head was at. But anyways, it was such an experience to spend like time. There was only maybe eight of us in the room, you know, so me, Lois, a couple other people, Prince Harry, his like staff person and Elton and Elton's husband, David. I mean, it was like, what is going on? What is my life? And I posted in my stories this week, some pictures that I took of Lois with her uncle Elton and also with Prince. Harry. And, you know, I didn't get any photos because I wanted to be professional, (laughs) but it was really exciting. And I got a chance to just tell Elton John, you know, how much his music has meant to me. Uh, My dad and I listened to this song, I'm Still Standing, a lot after my mom died as just like, I don't know, a kind of a survivor song. And, you know, he said that song had gotten him through a lot, too. So it was a nice personal moment. I do encourage all of you to go to the Elton John AIDS Foundation website and just take a look at some of the amazing work that the foundation does. I definitely disagree with Diana Jenkins when she said that it was tacky to discuss who paid for what and all of that with regards to the gala. I think everything about galas is tacky because it's like all of this glitz and glamour and all this money that has to be spent to get more money that goes to like just the fact that it's so hard to raise money without those types of events is what I think is tacky. Like it's tacky that Diana Jenkins can't just, I don't know, give that money away without having to like dress up and go to a gala for it. But 
that's the culture that we have and that's you know the the life that exists that the world that we live in so i don't know i would love to hear all of your guys's thoughts on diana um and how she came across in her first ever debut as a real housewife. I do talk to Moni a bit about some of the rumors that are circulating around her and just encourage you all to ask yourself, where is this information coming from? And can I trust it? And is there any proof? (laughs) Because I don't know, I feel like there are so many rumors that Housewives fans and Bravo fans are circulating online. Some may have some truth to them, some may not. But um, some of them are really Whew, they're rough, uh, as Sutton would call slander. <laughs> so I don't know. Personally, I feel like all the rumors around Diana remind me of kind of QAnon type stuff. And I just think it's, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Um, anyways, I hope you guys enjoy my podcast today. My guest is Moni from the podcast Mixing with Moni. She is amazing. She is so fun. And she also has some merch. So you guys should definitely check out her on Instagram, check out her merch and listen to her podcast. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, give it a five star rating and leave a kind review. And if you have any constructive criticism, my DM are open. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Mandy Slutsker and on Twitter as well. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll chat again soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I am here with Moni from the Mixing with Moni podcast, who also happens to be my friend. (laughs) I'm so (laughs) excited that we get a chance to just chat. I know. It's like recording has been like the least that we've been able to do together. I see you more. (laughs) Than actually talk about housewives. Yeah. I want to jump right into things because there are so many questions I have for you. First off, did you see the Dubai trailer that came out this week? Yeah, I did. And I was um, I was just a nice, crisp, whelmed, okay? Not overwhelmed, not underwhelmed, just whelmed. It was, whelmed. It was fine. I just feel like if that, you know, the trailer is the best clips of the things that was happening so if it's not popping in the trailer it's usually an indicator that the season is going to be like okay most first housewife seasons are usually just okay though yeah salt lake city yeah absolutely i mean yeah that's true there are some first seasons that have been better than others i don't know where dubai will fall on that list um, you know, I think back to the tragic first season of Potomac and how I was just like, oh, God, this is not 
But in the moment, I thought it was great. And when people binge it, they think that the first season was really good. And then I'm like, oh, honey, you don't even know yet. Wait until you're rapping at the Willard, okay? So <laughs> we have time. And, and I'm ready to grow with Dubai. I like, I really am excited for that venture. I think it's the start of more international housewives for Bravo. My biggest complaint is I want to watch the international ones that Bravo doesn't like own, but like license out. I want to watch those without having to get like new uh, software equipment. Right. No, I'm really interested. I feel like they're leaning into the opulence, but that's kind Mm -hmm. of something that we don't get to see as often. The level of opulence that exists in the UAE is a whole Mm -hmm. other level that we don't even see here. So I am really excited. I feel like the breakout star is, and I didn't even write her name down. Um, but it's it's a woman who talks about uh, she was like abused by her father, and but she makes all these jokes throughout the the trailer, and oh my god, is she going to be a star? And I wonder if Carolyn Stanberry is going to be jealous of the attention that that woman is yeah, going to get. Probably. Well, that's what happens, though. I mean, Carolyn's used to being a breakout star on a much smaller cast, but also on a much smaller show platform where she could be you know there were it's okay on on ladies of london to have some like background character we're on whereas on housewives if you're not bringing it you're gone so there's going to be a lot of type a's there's going to be a lot of big personalities there's going to be a lot of caroline stanberry <laughs> so that's the point <laughs> we need more of them and i just feel like i'm completely over domestic wealth i'm deep into international wealth like after <laughs> young fame honestly like after watching young famous and african and bling empire like i know bling empire is in la but like that's international money that i don't understand and i'm into it like i like that and then Young Rich and Young Famous and African, they were, it's like Bling Empire, but in Africa and South Africa, international money, I couldn't understand. I just want that. I want them to be on fancy first class trains and like buying diamond parties. And I want that. I don't want domestic wealth anymore. No more. What about, or what did you make of Phaedra's appearance in the trailer. Why? <laughs> I'm so confused. I'm so confused by it. But I love that Bravo's trying to let us know that like they're trying to make amends with Phaedra. I think this is like a slow churn to her eventually coming back to Atlanta. I say give it a season. They're trying to see if the fans like will accept it back. But girl, we've been missing Phaedra for so long. Like I know. we're fine. Just bring her back. I <laughs> know. It's all about Candy at this point. If Candy's willing yeah. to you but know. if Candy would film with Portia, I feel like she might film with Phaedra. I, no, I don't, I don't think she would. I think okay, she yeah, would you're leave, right? <laughs> and I think she would focus on Candy and the gang. She's got so many other things going on. I don't know if she's necessarily needed on Atlanta, but I love her. And it seems like this season they're trying to weirdly take her down or something, which I never understood. And did you see that like Candy's on a girl's trip right now and like Marlo and Kenya didn't go? No. Or invited. Yeah. Who's on the trip? It was on Fiance Maya's Black News app. It was important breaking black news. <laughs> um Oh my gosh. That is who else is there? <laughs> but I know that it's not I know it's not Marlo. Well, 
I think Marlo really went for her. I think her and Kenya will always be friends, but Marlo and Kenya take the show very seriously. And so, you know, if there's something that they need to do or say to keep things moving, they'll do it. Absolutely. I mean, this is their livelihood in a lot of ways. And for me, I think this is how Marlo is planning her money. So, yeah. Okay. Then one other trailer wanted to get your thoughts on Southern Charm. So I know you saw the trailer, but do you actually watch Southern Charm? So, yeah, I, I've watched Southern Charms since its first season. I've only taken maybe two seasons off. I watched after Naomi got the new nose and then didn't <laughs> come back after that. Like, I saw the new nose and didn't come back. Maybe like one or two. I've only missed like one Austin Madison carousel thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you really though. missed much. I was shocked that they showed the Craig and Naomi hookup issue in the trailer. I'd heard about that from Sam, Bravo historian, but I didn't realize that there was going to be so much overlap between Naomi, Craig, and Craig and Paige. Yeah, I wasn't either. I mean, I think there's like that moment that we see on um, Summer House where it's like, at some point it's going to be rude for us to, you know, like see other people or something like that. And when a man says that to me, it's like a red flag that it's probably already past the moment where it's rude (laughs) to be with other people. Right. It felt unlike Craig who is very upfront normally. So, I mean, he was being upfront, I guess, but we'll, we'll see it, it play out. Anything you're looking forward to with Southern charm this season? Um, I'm curious to see how the Madison things, you know, uh, spans out because she wasn't in the trailer. She wasn't in the promo, but we know she's shooting. And a lot of times even with Fred, which is also interesting to me, um, I would like to see what happens there. I think it has a lot to do with, you know, lack of family um, arrival, like on the show. Like she's not really appearing with her family, which I'm always curious when Bravo does this and they pull people who can't film with their kids or with a spouse or whatever, when Sutton was demoted the first year and then like promoted. Like I'm always curious because it seems like such, it's not even double standard because I never know when it's going to happen. For some people, they don't care. And for others, they do. Like Kenya couldn't show Brooklyn for a year. Yeah, she that's true. Demoted. Like, you know, we couldn't see her at all. And we knew she was there. Like, so it's always like curious to me, especially if you know Madison brings so much drama and uh, fanfare to the show. Like, I would at least give her the pass. Right? I mean, she was a little bit in the trailer, but it appears that maybe her fiancé didn't want to film. And then that's where they're like, well, if you're not going to show everything, then... But who knows? Okay, speaking of Southern Charm Summer House, I've got some questions for you about the Summer House reunion before we kind of get into the Atlanta and Beverly Hills of this week. So wanted to get your just very honest thoughts on the conversation that Sierra and Danielle had about race in the house and Danielle feeling erased as a person of color. Yeah, I I understood and could feel her her feelings and I can understand how that could also be frustrating. And I think that often um, people assume that all, you know, the entire POC posse is like all in on uh, the same ta- like the same tag. 
And while it can feel like that, sometimes like where, you know, we'll say that it's honestly, I've always felt like when people say person of color and they are a person of color, a lot of times they are speaking from their specific like group of color. Um, And it's more just a universal tone. It's also like a less triggering tone to people. So we'll say it like that a lot of times, especially as a black woman, I'm, I'm I'm obviously assuming, but with Sierra, especially like I say person or woman of color all the time. And I do mean it a black woman, but for some reason that has like way more of like a, of an alert that goes off in people's brains when they hear that than woman of color, a person of color. So it's something that we just, it's universal, but also not. But also while I understood where Danielle was saying, I also had an issue with when she said um, that she let Sierra have her moment yeah. as if that in her situation of, being a black woman on this all white show before Maya came by herself. And then Maya having the experience on the show of people not remembering her name correctly. And those like just tiny, like literally microaggressions that might have not bad intentions, but can be very impactful in a lot of ways to women of color, specifically black women. Um, I felt like that statement was also erasure. So I think that while, you know, Sierra's intention was probably not to try to erase her history there. Um, also, she I genuinely was like, she probably could just not have remembered that she's been fully casted on this show. Because I forget often that Danielle was fully casted on the show. Like as a full-time person, you know what I mean? Right. Because Sierra came, it has come in like as Hannah's replacement practically. And like full time and was there during Hannah's like as another house member. Whereas Danielle has like in the last few seasons up until like recently come on as like Lindsay's friend and then just like been around like just more than Alex. But she's just been around. Right. So she could have meant it that way. Um, I do remember like, you know, in a lot of promos and things, it was such a big deal when she first got casted because we've not seen that cast have such a a uh, different color spectrum. Like we've not seen that. So when she was casted, it was such a big shock moment because it was very um, obvious that she was a woman of color and that she, they were diversifying the cast in this way. Whereas, you know, unfortunately it, it could have been, it may not be as easily remembered as that with Daniel on the cast. And with that, then I understand why she says that she might feel kind of erased. That makes a lot of sense that people don't even remember that you're there, but we have to be careful, though, of the things of saying things like I let you have your moment, because that's like the whole point is that <laughs> you're yeah. sharing her experience because it's always just a moment that people care and don't like integrate us into their thought processes when dealing with things and doing things. So it's not a move, a moment. It's supposed to be a movement, as Bravo wanted to tell people. So I think that um, I think that there's some some. Sometimes there's a in there's non-prompted accidental competition of people of color to get white people's attention to stop fucking with them. And that's, that's just the facts. Good way of putting it, right? So <laughs> it, sh- it shouldn't be, but it is. With other yeah. people of color about like basically like who gets to go first. Right, And that's sad because we feel like the attention span in this country is that we can only focus on one race at a time. When we're right. dealing with racism, we <laughs> don't try to get us all to be racist off of everyone. Like only one at a time. And they're like, okay, well, if they're going to do one at a time, do me first, do me first, you know? So I think there's that. And 
I felt that vibe a little bit when Danielle said that. And, and to that, I said, that's not even her fault. That's not like her feeling like, hey, wait a minute. I'm on here too. And I've wanted people to see me and be seen. And I let you have your moment. Let me have mine. But that rhetoric is the whole thing of like a place in line type of thing. Yeah. As if we can't wipe out the whole racism component. <laughs> That's the human race. That's so, that's too much that's so interesting. And thank you for providing your perspective because I'm definitely not the right person to speak on it. Um, yeah. I, I was it, like, oh, this is yucky for both, but this is not their fault. This is what they've been informed by, by our, you know, very specific one supremacy in right. society. Yeah. Um, okay. While we're on the topic of Summer House, just a couple more questions. I feel like, and tell me if you felt this too, I understood more of why Sierra was so upset with Lindsay after watching mm-hmm. the reunion. Did you get, because yeah. I was very sort of team Lindsay, Sierra's overreacting. Why is she behaving this way? And then to find out that Lindsay was like, oh, we went to Montauk, Austin and I went skinny dipping, we slept naked together. And then that was like going around mm-hmm. the house for a week before Sierra, like it was building that, that made things make more sense to me. One, did you agree with me? And two, why wouldn't they show that? Uh, You know what? I thought the same thing. And, and this is kind of like what I'm talking about or what Sierra was talking about even last year when Hannah was on the show. Right. And they were going back and forth with Luke and it didn't make sense for why, were acting the way they were acting about Luke until we got to the reunion where it was like, well, you don't understand the text that Sierra was getting and things like that. And the way he was communicating with her, it's kind of like the same thing this season. It's like, we're seeing so much context later and it unfortunately forms our judgment during, but I think they do that on purpose, sadly, especially when it comes to women. It seems like on summer house, we have this issue a lot where it's like, we don't know that the men are, you know, covertly behind closed doors, like being overly flirty and doing all these things and playing both sides. I'm thinking of Jules a couple of seasons ago, too. Like, we don't see all that. So we just think these women are going nuts. And then all of a sudden we get to the reunion and it's like, oh, so you slept together. Off camp. Oh, OK. So, like, we're missing details. But it made for a great season of women being catty and acting crazy over boys and being boy crazy at summer camp. So I always just like chopped it up to that vibe of giving like a summer camp vibe or whatever. And they want to like reduce all these grown, successful, gorgeous women to like freaking 12 year olds. Right. Now, uh, she does insult them to 12 year olds. <laughs> They're a little bit more mature. So. Uh, and then what do you make of what Paige and Amanda basically said about Lindsay holding on to information and bringing it up during filming to kind of have a moment? Um. The reason why, and I know everyone's like Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay. They love Lindsay, and I get that. People think Paige is such a mean girl now. And while that can be true, two things can be true at once. We can walk and chew up. I think we have to remember Lindsay's job, what got her on the show, is marketing and publicity. This is her job. like, And she's good at it. So she constantly talks great things about editing and production. They do a great job. Because Colin and Amanda are like, she gets such a good edit or whatever, but it's like not real. And she's like, no, no. And Craig and Paige have been like, oh, no, it was edited out, edited out. 
And she's always been like, no, editing and producers, they do such a good job. They keep everything up front and they've been great to us. And I don't know what they're talking about. That's great on the relationship side of the production company. She understands that her job is to work with production companies. So that would make sense. And yeah, she's holding some things and then producing them later, but it's getting addressed. You can never say she's not talking about it because she does. She just, you know, it comes out in certain times. But wouldn't she probably tell her client who was on a reality show to do the same thing? Yeah. Like this this is the instructions that she would give. This is like PR one-on-one and it's working. So it's probably true, but the formula has been good for her and good for the show. Fans love it. So no sense of her changing it now. Well, this is probably a good segue to Beverly Hills because I feel like these women hold on to information constantly. Like this is this mm-hmm. is the housewives game. It's holding on oh, to things yeah. and bringing it up on camera. Whereas I think Summer House maybe was a little bit more authentic. And so mm-hmm. it, that's why I think the cast is like, well, why did you wait four weeks? Or why did you wait? Whereas Lindsay's like, we're on a TV show, guys. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it definitely started off really authentic. And then they did. It, it was the Vanderpump Rules pivot, right? You start getting those sponsors. You start getting those deals. You start getting that fame. You start being able to quit your jobs and being pickier and getting nice homes that you're like, I'm going to play the fucking game. Mm-hmm. Like you got to at some point because otherwise that lifestyle goes away. They know there's a formula. Like, you know, Housewives used to be super authentic. Beverly Hills would even be super authentic. But after, you know, we got a few uh, cities under our belts to there, the girls realized there's a formula. And they have to do the formula. They do. So um, on Beverly Hills this week, we got introduced to a new housewife, Diana Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. She's got that interesting backstory. She survived the war in Bosnia. Um, her family got her out to the UK. She said she had um, just a very excruciating 10 years of her life. And it didn't come out this episode, but her brother did die in the war. Um, and then she met a banker, became filthy rich, uh, has lots of very famous friends, and mm-hmm. got divorced, now is with a younger man. And she's kind of an it girl. What do you make mm-hmm. of her kind of arrival on the show? Um, I'm not going to lie. I wish it wasn't spoiled for me, but a couple of people did spoil it already. Um, like just some background of what she may allegedly be involved in or have some ties to that are like really hard to look away from. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that stuff. <laughs> I hope I, I mean, I hope I don't, but I don't. It's just so not often that we attack that. Like, that's such a wild thing to of scandals to pull out about people. So I just get, you know, there's I'm like you're alluding to blind items that she's been involved in sort of some uh, not pedophile, but like like not sex trafficking. But uh, like, what's that? yeah, but like that kind of like that stuff with young girl, young girl like Hayden, young models, Hena, whatever yeah. her last name is. I find yeah. the blind items. I don't believe most of them in general. A so lot are of they blind when they're published. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't know. Because I'm like I don't usually trust like Daily Mail or something. But so like- no, this is from I think like the NT lawyer guy, entertainment lawyer um, from I think Crazy Days and Nights, and he's had a lot of extremely 
incorrect information go out, especially about Bravo people that make me Mm. not trust him in general or that website. So like a couple years ago, there was a blind item that Tom Schwartz was on heroin and that. Oh, Okay. <laughs> and Katie, Mal- Katie, things, but I don't know about that. <laughs> Katie Maloney addressed like how hurtful these blind items out are and people can just like post anything and they get traction and then they would show pictures of Tom looking a little grayish and assume it was because he was abusing opioids. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't believe this stuff. It reminds me kind of of like QAnon, like a, this massive conspiracy. I think after the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, people believe more yeah. of it, but it doesn't mean like she oh, can yeah, be she can be a shady character for sure. But I don't think that means she's involved in something like nefarious and illegal. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can understand that. I think you know just. What I saw was much more like a, a, some kind of complicity or something like that, especially husband-wise. And, um, oh, I with got her very, ex-husband. Yes. Got it. But like he was involved or something in some things or finance some things. You know, like what I saw was someone, I think it was Bravo Bravo Ducking Bravo, who like put me on this uh, like site, but it was a different account. And it was like something published. And it was like the husband has been linked to these things and it was like in daily mail or something which is like 30 percent right it's 75 percent. what the fuck like you know <laughs> so, <laughs> so um it's like it was more like something like that and i was just like okay i can't take another complicit housewife who was just like i was looking the other way i don't know what they were doing it has nothing to do with me look at my diamonds like i just, right it was like not while erica is still here operating in it but then I met Diana Jenkins and I, that's why I said, I wish it wasn't ruined for me or tainted because had I never read or heard any of that, I would have been like, she's going to be kooky. It's like the most elaborate from Lisa Vanderpump, but I was missing that kind of like, yes, ridiculous. Well, you know, ridiculous. Like, Yes, like when Lisa's house would just be a freaking petting zoo, and like each pony is like twelve hundred dollars, like or twelve thousand dollars, and then she has, you know what I mean? Like I missed her just like showing up in glamorous Bentleys and things like that, and it wasn't even for her always about the drama. It was like I am here and I'm rich, and I just needed you to know that. It's, it's I miss that totally. I I find that a lot of viewers and many Americans in particular are very primed to believe conspiracy theories. And I find Mm. that on Bravo, it's getting worse and worse and worse where people are like looking for things that aren't in my opinion, there, like, oh, Dorit must have staged her break-in because somehow that's more believable than the actual camera footage we saw of it happening. You know, like people, and so with this Diana Jenkins, I'm sure her husband is maybe involved. I also in- think that has to do with Dorit being unlikable and people don't believe her empathy ever. Right. <laughs> no, people well, we just... Really seem to be empathetic, so. I like Dorit, actually. I, I liked her, too. I I get her I I understand her as a person much more um, just because I know her parents are Israeli and I know that kind of like personality type like her dad was a paratrooper in the in the IDF like Mm -hmm. that's a different kind of 
you know, anyone who's raised in sort of military and that kind of a thing, like it's just an, in, I, I get it. Like she's a tough cookie. Um, but anyways, okay. So questions about <laughs> this Elton John AIDS Foundation gala. <laughs> oh my goodness. Lisa Rinna. this. Tablegate. This is <laughs> Table the best. Gate. This is the most frivolous fight and I'm so excited for it. I love it too, mainly because there's so many layers and it all started out over Lisa Rinna basically making up that Harry Hamlin was offended that Garcelle didn't text her about the bolognese sauce. I understand that she should have just not done that. Like, like, she doesn't see that she was the source. Like, what you just said. She doesn't notice that she's the root. I even forgot she was the root. But I'm like, Sutton was saying that in defense of Garcelle because Lisa was being ridiculous. It all goes back to Lisa Rinna being ridiculous. If And then yes. she <laughs> is trying to make it seem like Sutton is the ridiculous one. And she's not in this situation. In this situation. In this I love her performance in this situation. It was great. Her being like, now Lisa. I said, oh, she done studied from the book of Desperate Housewives. Um, she got all dramatic <laughs> and had the receipts. And then Diana, the rich bitch, is like, oh, no, we don't do that. And then Lisa and Rena was like, yeah, that is so tacky. And I love Kyle calling her out and being like, Rena definitely had receipts of her own. But because Diana said it's tacky, it's tacky. That yeah. made me laugh. Here's my question. If Harry and Lisa went to the gala and they sat at a table with Sutton, why would she think that table was not paid for? Right. That's what I'm saying. She's not wrong in this because if they were at the table she, and she knows she gave money for the table, she's going to, to me, one plus one equals two on that. Right. I but, mean, I don't know what they were told. That makes sense to me. Right. So if, if she, even if she got an email from her publicist saying, oh, you know, Sutton didn't pay for the table. If she goes the next day and the table is there and she's seated at the table, why would she believe that the table wasn't paid for? Like that doesn't exactly. make sense. Exactly. And that makes perfect sense. That makes so much sense that it's crazy to me that no one else sees Rita, sees Sutton's side in this like that. They, you know, like it's not a them versus them thing. It's like in the actual matter of like facts. Like she's gave money. She sat at the table. She wanted them at her table. They were there at the table. So then what's the problem? Like she's going to be like, then naturally I pay for their seats. Right. Anyway. And you didn't know that Lisa. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. And I love that Garcelle was standing up for Sutton and saying, if you got it, show it. Like screw all these other people. Yeah. You are being accused and you have a right to be able to defend yourself. Right. And, and I also loved when Sutton was like, you know, making nice with Lisa Rinna, which I never know why, other than it's a smart idea because Rinna is, you know, kooky and will come after you at some point. Um, when she said, I, you know, I adore you. And Garcelle was like, no, you don't. And I died. I just was like, <laughs> Garcelle is me as a friend. She is always like ready to go. I love her. She called it right out and said, no, you don't. Do you? So really funny. funny. <laughs> yeah. But then when Erica straight up asked her, so then where's my apology? She goes, you're not getting one. And I said, Sutton is here to play. She's here to play. Here she goes. And she said, just because I don't like you. 
I love that that was the best answer ever because I would have been like, because you're a criminal, you're not old one. She just says straight up, I don't like you. I loved that because of her. these women are so scared of Erica. They are so I terrified. Why. What do you think she can do? She's like a child with the mob? I'm, I mean, I would be afraid of her too because she yells and people who yell scare me. <laughs> but, but why Kyle and Dorit and Rinna allow Erica to have so much power over them doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it either. It's, it's weird. And it, I just, something feels tied to it. I mean, like, I know they made a pact to like never rat each other out on like their lawsuits and things, but that was like Mauricio maybe selling a home for more than it was worth or like pulling back on a buyer. Terrible. Yes. Bad. They didn't say anything. Dorit owing so many of her workers and partners and everything. Terrible. Bad. Yes. But that is, you know, something they won't talk about. Sure. Because it's getting litigated. Your husband stealing from plane crash victims for yep. like decades is not the same thing as my husband not, you know, being super honest on the price of a house. Right. And unlike this Diana Jenkins stuff, there is actual legal proof, right? It's and not a rumor. She always likes to talk about like the now that she hasn't been charged like criminally now. Oh, there's like no reason to think about these things now. But like when you watch the documentary, a lot of those cases where he was taking that money and, and were before, well before they were decided by a judge that he did not give them the appropriate amount of money. It already went to court. Oh yeah. Lost. So why wouldn't we believe that he's capable of these things that nothing's been tried? I have a good, but it has been decided. So there's a lot of good precedents here. And we're not gonna you're not innocent until proven guilty because it's already like the 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 precursor already existed. Right. And even if she didn't know that this was happening, she benefited. And that's the right. issue. And she doesn't want to yeah. acknowledge that she benefited from his crimes. Right, but Mikey Menden is back and the Glam Squad is back and she's wearing YSL. They're talking about it. I'm like, disgusting. Disgusting. What's YSL? Eve St. Malone. Oh, no. What? Andy, how do you watch these shows? Not I like about the don't. Oh. I don't know brands. I'm so bad. Conversation. We're gonna go to brunch one day, and we're gonna go down like the hierarchies. Can this you? Guy, it's, it, yes. Can you make me a PowerPoint? I, absolutely. I actually, okay. Can I tell you? I actually have one already. Because I no made way. A in the sixth grade, because my friend, I was living in Dallas, Texas, and my friend was like. I don't know what the good brands are. But she like really wanted to like fit in at our new school. We were at a very fancy rich Christian school. And she wanted to fit in. I wasn't rich, but I knew how to fake it until I made it because I prioritized, okay? Gifts and allowances were like good purses and things like that. Forget the toy, get the coach. Like those were big deals. So I created a PowerPoint for her to teach her about like, the statuses and like the levels of the different brands that she that we would see around like our high society Dallas uh, private school. 
So same thing with Beverly Hills. You got to see the differences. So like you see like, okay, so she's just wearing jeans there. She's just like us. No, but those are $700 jeans. It's different. Yeah. No, I don't know so, any of this yeah. stuff. And I feel like I'm a lot of people learn it. Very important. So I think a lot of people learn this through their mothers. And my mom was notoriously just like not into fashion. She kind of yeah, wore what she okay. liked and she didn't know brands. And I grew up in Minnesota where there weren't like – that many like the fanciest purse I saw like in my high school was like a Kate Spade or a coach it wasn't there was nothing beyond that so it wasn't until I went to college right so it wasn't until I went to the east coast and went to college Mm -hmm. and there was like you know the GW wealth from like Long Island and Westchester and all of that I had never seen that I didn't know any of that stuff and it was all very confusing and yeah I've never fully like understood. So this week I learned about Cartier, which I kn- I know because oh. like I know because I've been to Geneva a lot for work, and I know that like, like you know like Cartier love rings and stuff, right? Like those were huge like a couple years ago. No, I would okay, not know so it's that. Like that one like thin gold bangle, and it has like a lot of little like locks on it. Oh, you're right. No, no, lines. no. Yeah, those okay. are like the they were like super super big because like Kylie Jenner like or. And had like 17 of them at one time or something like that. And it, was, it became like a trend to have like fake ones um, or real ones. <laughs> that was the, like a thing. The one trend I remember in high school is the Tiffany's heart necklaces. Oh, okay. Yeah. A Tiffany necklace. Is it, a, that was a thing. That was a thing. But I just. That's a good one to do. Yeah. Like, I. Yeah. We're going to discuss some. We're going to discuss this. You're going to get you caught up. So that you can see just how gross it is. Because when he's talking about we're going to do the YSL dress. So you're talking about YSL bags. They're they're not even like Louis Vuittons. There's not like one specific fabric or something that you can get at the lower rate because it's so generically made. There's like, they're always fashion purses. So you're looking at 2000 minimum for every one. They're going to keep going up and up and up. And on average, their bags are like four to $7,000. And they're just like clutches. Right. So a dress of that nature, it, we're looking at like a 10 plus K price tag. So for her to be in all this legal shit, having a creative director there that we know makes like 80 grand a year and having a glam team there that each have their own rates and is wearing like an almost $20,000 dress, ma'am. Is there any way she could get question. that dress? Like would people want her Rent to wear the that runway. dress? Rent the runway. <laughs> That's what Doritas, allegedly. These are my thoughts. That's my own conspiracy theory. I know people make conspiracy theories about like way more like sinister things on Housewives, but it's me. It's I think Doritas the runway, and that's why she's able to only wear everything one time. Well, I need to get your thoughts on like how to get a fake Cartier, um, like Long those rings. I love those like oh, jaguar. Yeah, yeah. Can I tell you the best place is actually Turkey. Oh, great. So I'm going to have to call Jennifer Aiden. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you know, that's like, well, that's why the conspiracy is that a lot of her Chanel is fake. Oh. Because Turkey has the best knockoffs in the world. Like, you would never know. So much, money. I don't but know anything about Chanel fashion. Well, like, but that's the thing. That's what makes it fun. Because a lot of the Chanel things that she wears, allegedly, we look at as fashion aficionados and go, they don't even make that. Well, I did hear there have been things that she's worn that I'm like, they don't make those. So that, I know it's fake. <laughs> I did hear that one of the 
sort of things, trends that is in this summer is coastal grandma. And I appreciate that because that is very much my aesthetic, both in my apartment and in the clothes that I wear. (laughs) I am always in navy blue and white and cream and jean and linen. So you're going to love my wedding because that is the color scheme. It's very like the hotel is very like equestrian meets nautical. Like it's very fairies and like blues, navies, whites. Like it's very cute. I love that question. Like, look, I just love it. I love sort of like the sort of Hamptons casual is, is just, that's my aesthetic all the time. When I finally went to the Hamptons, I was like, Oh, this is me. Like, this is what I like. It's like the time when Brandy uh, in Dallas got like a clothing line and it made me laugh because this is such a Dallas thing to do, but I could see Beverly Hills doing it too. And she told Annie at three that she was starting like a resort wear line. And he was like, what is that? <laughs> That's not a thing. And she's like, yeah, it's like what you wear in like the golf courses and the spas and the resorts and the yachts. And he was like, yacht clothes. It's like the yacht rock. That yacht rock, this. yes. He's like, this is not real genre. But when she said like a resort wear line, I'm like, that is so funny because like most people wouldn't get that unless they like watched Housewives. Because I could see Dallas. I mean, I could see Beverly Hills. The same thing. That's pretty much what Kyle's caftans are. It's like, here's our resort wear. Like, we're just lounging. In and we're Palm chilling. Springs, in the, ho- yeah, the house that you stole from Kim. <laughs> oh, my goddamn house. Um, okay, one final question on Beverly Hills. Do you think Sutton has been insensitive about Dorit's home invasion? And if so, do you understand it? Yes. You think she's been insensitive? Yes. I think, no, she hasn't been insensitive, but I also understand why she is being insensitive. So I don't think her original place is her being insensitive. But now looking at it, of course, I'm like, this is insensitive, but now we know why. Um, I think she did think it was an insurance thing. I think that was like the going story around that time. Um, largely because like the facts then didn't make sense and they kept changing. Like the news did say, I watched the clip like not too long ago. The clip did say that there was three or more burglars there and there was only two and like they wouldn't show the foot. Like, there was a lot of things that made people really skeptical about it. So I think that if the ta- the word around town that was that it was an insurance thing as well and that maybe the kids actually weren't there, which is why they know nothing about it and like no one's allowed to t- say anything to them about it. Um, I think she was working from that thought then. I don't think she thought it was real yet, but I think she also just did like the rich person thing in the community and went with the story. You know what I mean? Because you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, like people like Kathy Olsen and stuff, they know what the hell Erica's uh, husband did. Like they know what happened. They just choose to like go with whatever story's out there right now because they would want someone to do the same thing for, for them, them with public opinion. Exactly. exactly. Okay. So I think Sutton just like, we're just going with this story. So but so she doesn't give a fuck about it, but she's not going to out it either. Interesting. I totally had a different take. I thought at first, I thought, okay, she's definitely being insensitive, but I feel like she won't allow herself to put like herself in that position. And I immediately thought about her dad shooting himself in the head because she did mention that before 
um, on the show. And that's something right. that sticks with you. I didn't realize she had also experienced a burglary in her home when she was 14. So right. I think Sutton has a lot of unpacked tr- and unprocessed trauma that makes oh, her sure. act very unusual. Um, she's also the narcissist, just like all these other women. And yeah, so what makes for a great housewife. It, you know, it's, she's seem seemingly unempathetic, but when she explained herself, like, I don't do well with guns or burglary, like it was almost like, I don't, I won't even allow myself to listen to the story and to feel it. Right. I think also, yeah, I think she got desensitized and thinking like, because Dorit lived, it's not as big of a deal. Because she's like, it's not, the the trauma is that like she knows specifically of a time where a gun was held to a head and it did not end well. Right. And so she knows that feeling. So she's like, okay, at least I don't have a gun to my head. Like, so what? Like, she's alive. So what's the problem? Like, I know the other side of this where it's like not that lucky and that's when it's severe. And. I also feel like Lisa Renna and Kyle seem to be wanting to push this narrative that Sutton is insensitive and lacks empathy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's weird to me that they're so dead set on pushing that narrative. And I think I have a reason why. Why? I think honestly, it's because it didn't aids to Erica's point that Sutton didn't have a, a real like leg to stand on with all of her accusations. She was just being insensitive. So instead of making her look crazy, it makes her look like, oh, she's just a chronically insensitive person. She doesn't care about people's things. So she like does, she questions it. Like it's her thing. You know what I mean? Like it kind of low key, it makes up for what they did last season with laughing at it because they knew all of this was ridiculous. They knew she was lying and it makes her, it makes them look a little better to be like, we'll get rid of the number one person who's been, you know, your foil about this whole, about your story. Hmm. If she looks insensitive, then it just kind of looks like she has the pattern. <sighs> oh man. Okay. Well, let's touch down on Atlanta briefly, and then I have a couple Jersey questions before we wrap Ooh, up. Love Atlanta. Love okay. It, love, it. love Atlanta. Brooklyn's birthday party. This shady tea game. <laughs> One. Who do you think wrote that Candy sucks dick in the locker room on the the card? That's Marlo's language. Yes, that's, for that's sure. That's straight up Marlo. I love it. And I think she did it literally to be funny. It's, it is funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so, she's like, see, because it's not, not true, it's funny, right? Wait, I heard, I, mean, like, I heard Marlo is so damn funny on this show. Like, all of her little bits, she like is. when she walked into the party and is like, oh, is anyone going to come to greet me? Like, it's, you don't <laughs> need someone to greet you. The door is wide open. Someone is standing five feet from you. You need a greeter, like it's so- you wanted a banquet for a third, uh, three-year-old's birthday party, and like I just thought Marlo. I know we'll get to it, but I just thought Marlo was the funniest ever this entire episode, especially at this damn party. I thought her talking to the lady next to her was some of the best content that I've ever seen. And she's like, "Stop inviting white people that don't get it." See, that's why you here. You get it. <laughs> that was so funny when that woman got up and like oh, walked out. You are at a filming event for the Real Housewives of Atlanta. That you signed for. You signed the waiver. It tells you everything you need to know. When I went to Monique's thing, it's like they meet you at the door. You cannot come in whether you had a reservation or not and not be signing that waiver or you do not get uh, you don't get featured and you definitely don't get a byline at the bottom. 
unless you sign the waiver and make some kind of connection. I'm like, oh, you wanted to be seen. And I bet you she has a statement. I think I think Taria told me that. Like, I bet you they have a statement. She don't know. Really, uh, Kendra did. He said, I bet you she has a statement on her Twitter about that night because she's findable now, which was the point. Oh, my God. It's like... And these kids, they don't know. Like you, when you're three years old and you heard you hear the term like "dick," you don't know what it means. You know, so who cares? Uh, whatever. It's the whole thing is and they so were ridiculous. Over there. Like they were not, and Kenya made an adult like section for that reason. Like she is not irresponsible as a mother, much like I, you know, she's irresponsible in everything else. She's not that much of a, 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 a irresponsible mother. And she knew to separate the two, which is why she got such a large space. Your child was fine. Like, they're not yelling it on a loudspeaker on the mic. They're just having a conversation as a tea spilling. But who has a tea spilling moment at their daughter's baby party? I mean, I would, I would say housewife ever. That's, all that's of the housewives of Atlanta would do it. I feel like Candy would do it. I feel like, you know, all any of them would do it. It's, it's just, just happened. It's a big kind of messy. I see I Kenya it. and Nini. I see Kenya and Nini because Nini did do something like that with the woman's empowerment. And she used it as a moment to like, just go ahead and talk Cynthia about all the other women. at the Bailey Q always had shady games. Always. I know, but this is a baby party. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like, who uses their daughter's party to be like, let's get the tea? <laughs> it's. I mean, it's perfect because then as soon it's as it gets like, as she soon as it goes left and you know it will, then you can just like rein it in by being like, okay, everyone, like calm down. It's a three-year-old's party. <laughs> she loved doing that. That's so Kenya. That's so Kenya. I love it. I love Kenya. Um, Kenya also said on Watch What Happens Live that a lot of the stuff from that night was cut um, and that Drew and Sheree were like really in each other's face and were shouting like a lot worse things than what we saw. I doubt it because and that sounds like she jing and I think that happened after because that energy doesn't go back down that quickly like that. It, it, like that doesn't happen it more so escalates like, like b- what we saw before but i think that she owes this lady who she greeted and exited both times she somehow wants to keep in good with her i can't imagine why um like unless they have like in business together because i'm like this is kenya you'd be so lucky like she's a bigger deal to me in atlanta than whatever she got going on or whatever you know yeah so i'm just like i think she just wanted to make sure people knew that like she was mad for a real reason and not because she was just trying to get camera time and was like, oh, like she's, she's covering for that white woman. See, my yes. biggest fear <laughs> is to be that white woman. Like, is it a black woman have to cover for? <laughs> I would hate to be someone that caused a scene, like after a scene, and that made it about me and that couldn't pass a vibe check. Like, that yeah. would be so embarrassing just to like, make it about me you know and that's what she did like it was so bad and marlo's responses were hilarious it wasn't too she was not that bothered it just was funny because she was just like see kenya this is why you don't do this <laughs> you can't invite the white people that don't get it it's just <laughs> it's, it's so funny you don't get what they signed on for it's any housewives. It doesn't matter, like, the race. Like, but they're going to be saying inappropriate things and yelling yes. and fighting. Like, that's, that is what even? it is. That's like, that's like somebody on the other side of, like, the restaurant where Teresa flipped the table going, like, we're having 
a baby shower. <laughs> My cater here. My cater. <laughs> um, do you think that Sheree doesn't pay her staff? Assuming it's possible, right? Because her house is too gorgeous. And they don't complete all that shit unless you pay them. So what if she spent all the money on finishing the house? Because I looked at that house when they showed it and said, how in the hell is she paying for this house? I have no idea. That the NFL she money doesn't get you that far. Today. Yeah, I no, know. No, but my fiance Maya always says, Val Pistol did not play that long that break. That is so true. He was not like, so, yeah. He's not a Chris NFL, Samuel. the NBA. Right. And I mean, NBA not money NBA. is way. Yeah, he's Unreal. not a, not a like Scotty Pippen. No, he's no Scotty. He's like, you know, no A-Rod. He's just, you know, Bob Whitfield. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I curious. think Kenya did say on Watch What Happens Live that Sheree doesn't pay for work that she doesn't like. <laughs> now, that makes sense. And that's actually kind of Kenya because that's not that much of an insult. That, that it, it's it's unre- unreasonable, but it makes sense. Um, and then finally, what do you think? Well, two things. What do you think of? Do you think Drew and Ralph will make it past one more season? And do you think Sonya and Drew's friendship will survive? Uh, I think Sonya and Drew were friends for the show, and I don't. I think it's too fragile, one way or the other. It's very much so, like you know, uh, Candace saying that she knew Wendy because they both worked in politics. <laughs> that's the best line when people that's say the they work in line. politics in, in dc please politics, though but i was like candace you ma'am i work in politics you like you worked as a staffer intern. on a campaign loosely didn't apparently do that a lot she wasn't paralyzed so i don't know about that girl whereas wendy's like an actual like doctor just the fact that she was like yeah, we both do like politics. Like she's on CNN and I, I worked for Obama. Just like, no girl. Everyone worked for Obama. Literally. Like <laughs> everyone. Did. He had Obama for America was an extremely large organization that employed a lot of young people. <laughs> also, if you voted for him, you wor- you worked for Obama. <laughs> you did the work for Obama. <laughs> So it just made me laugh. But I think that's the same vibe that I get of that type of friendship, right? And so um, I do think that Drew and Ralph will last because I think they're in this together. He's a terrible effing human. She knows he's a terrible effing husband human. Yeah. She agreed to go on this show and he agreed to remain terrible. Yeah. Benefits both of them. So that's why he lets her air it out. I think it benefits the both of them. He gets paid. She gets paid. He wants to be famous because he's a deep narcissist. And Drew doesn't really even know that she's like being like psychologically abused. Like where she had to find out what gaslighting is. I was like, girl, that means you've been gaslit way too long. That. Yeah. scary. It's rough watching it. I really didn't like the, the line of like, well, oh, your husband's gay or there's rumors that your husband's gay. I feel like we've been through this so many times with it, like being an insult to be gay and, Right. It, Just say he's cheating. Yeah, something like That's that. That's worse. Being gay is not a bad thing. Right. It comes from that. You remember the book? You ever watch Oprah? Like back in the nineties. Why do I know this? And <laughs> you're like, like too young to have remembered book. the nineties. Exactly. 90s. <laughs> but I somehow remember this 
the it was like this book where this guy like wrote about like being on the down low like in the black community yes. it was like so big and it had a handle on my aunties and mamas it really did and i just felt like they have never grown out of that stage where that man told them what it means for their men to be down low and how terrible it is to have that in your home it's yeah, it's like such a stigma in so many communities, but especially yes. the black community. And I just really wish that th- they wouldn't play into it so much on these shows because it's I feel like oh, we've yeah, been no, down the road a lot. The South is also bad for that. Like in Georgia and definitely in Atlanta. I mean, we see this on Married to Medicine Atlanta all the time as well. Like the way that they're like, you know, you're nothing basically because you can't keep your man. It's just like it's like the age old song in the church of like, a successful home and marriage solely falls on the woman. Yeah. And you're taught, I, my mom and I used to literally go to like basically like women's training, like Christian training camps, like every like first Saturday of the month. So like a woman of God or different kind of conferences, things where you just like all going to learn how to be a successful wife and like Proverbs 31 woman. And like, we won't let it go. Like, the idea that you could be the home wrecker, that you can, um, if you don't have your own husband, you're worth nothing. And if you got to keep that man and make him happy and reduce yourself like Dr. Heavenly does from like an actual doctor herself and a successful practice owner and then get home and is like, I'm just a wife and mother. Out there, I'm great. And here, I come after him. Like, it's just so like wild, but it is so how we were raised and the South won't let that one go. Atlanta is like still like in like 1980s and 70s, 60s. So interesting. And so the opposite of like, like my family, all the women control everything and the men are very backseat. I just know what I'm doing better. Yeah. My Nana was like that. I I mean, my my parents, my aunts, my you know, it's yeah, it's my brother, my dad, (laughs) both of his marriages backseat. My papa would just give my grandmother the check and be like, go ahead. You handle the things. I don't know what I'm doing. And she just was like ran the household. Yeah. It's just, especially with like, yeah, it's just interesting. But, um, okay. Wanted to end on Jersey. We finally wrapped the reunion. Um, I, I mean, where do you think we're going to go from here? Because everyone seems to be willing to move on except Teresa. And so Teresa doesn't move on. They just honestly, I feel like they should take the Melissa approach and just stop going after her. Just stop mm-hmm. trying because there's just like no formula. Melissa's tried them all. And that's what she's trying to tell them. Like she's tried them all, but now like, you know, you just use it as a storyline, but you can't try to actively get her off. It just doesn't work. So use it as your storyline. Cause I think Melissa this year is going to use it as her storyline that she's mad at Teresa and, you know, if it wasn't for her, her kids would have went homeless, is what she's saying. Like, she said that on the on her podcast, like, they would not have eaten. Like, we, we gave them food. We gave them, they would have, like, not had a home. Like, yeah, but they're also literally Joe is the godfather. So that's, like, literally the point. Especially You, you shouldn't have to. Don't bring that stuff into it. That's, I don't know. I, I that. that was crazy. People roasted her on Instagram about it because they were like, Girl, no, uh, no, 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 no. Like, you can't say that. These are children and your family. Like, forget Teresa. The children don't need to suffer. Don't bring them into Don't this. bring like, any of that into it. Um, what did you but make of... What did you make of Louis' explanation for the video? 
it was so good that he is too good at this. He could coach. He really <laughs> could. He could coach because I just like when Doree was explaining the details on Watch What Happens Live about her alarm, I was like, girl, you've had way too many months to not think of like a better thought out answer that answers like every single question to this. And I've said that about many housewives in many situations. But for some reason, Louie, it didn't happen. I was like, oh, you used your time well. You thought of a foolproof lie, like completely circled, sealed off, can't be, there's no open end. You know what I mean? And he is good. Because I'm usually great at spotting a narcissist. I was raised by a narcissist parent. So as a survivor of that, like I am very sensitive to manipulation and narcissism, very untrusting because of that. Cause I think it might have the tendency to be a manipulator. So I'm like very, very sensitive to it because it was abuse. So I was like, Oh, he almost got me. And he's a lot like my father, actually like a lot where it's just so hard to pin them down on something. You know what I mean? Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's bad and you know, you, but it's like the FBI on Ozark, like they can't find it. They just can't pinpoint it. And that's what it is with him. Because I think a few people I saw saying like, oh, he almost got me until like one moment or something. Like, he's not good, though. He's really bad. But is he good for her? Like, no, because she should not be manipulated a second time. I don't think she has anything left to give. That's true. Like, she could get, she could go back to jail. Because Joe is not a master manipulator. But this man is. So she could really be in trouble when he like got in her ear, like right after that. And was just like, you're and it started overly criticizing her or something in her ear. It was I, like really creepy. I agreed with him though. I mean, I don't know if I agreed with how he said it, but you're, I agreed. I'm about to say that rhetoric is not well. It's, it's, but Teresa's always like that. That's, She's, that's like, the that's, thing. She's always like that. It's like then, your behavior is not serving you. But there's a different way to say it. But she knows that. It's always been that way. But he also acts like he's so encouraging of it. Otherwise, like he spent the whole reunion basically saying, I love her how she is. Like she is how she is and all these things. Like he said it many times on the show, but then he talks to her as if it's like unacceptable and it's the opposite. And that concerns me. Does it make you nervous how charming he is? Like it seems yes. like, okay. Yeah. That's sort of, I he's think. really that, charming. Yeah. Like, he got Margaret. I mean, it's almost like he did it on purpose. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. She, even my wife, like my soon-to-be wife, she's just, you know, she is who she is. But like, you're, you're, we're great. And it just feels a little disloyal and a little bit of like, Ken, so I did. And I don't really like that. I just don't like how he can finesse every woman in the room so well, especially the ones that don't like her. Sadly, I like my, I, it's romantic to me the opposite way. Like, I want you to be fully on my side. Like, if I don't like that bitch, we don't like that bitch. <laughs> I like it to be like, no, I'm not going to make friends with you anyway. Because that leads to Chris Samuels asking about his friendship with Chris after Monique got into a fight with his wife. Like, calling her embarrassing and not checking on how she is. That's what mm-hmm. happened. Because yeah. you act like the friendship or something, like, you're, it's like, I'm bigger than her. Just don't mind her. No, mind me. Thank you. Thank I love you. it. Um, what did you make of Bill and his talking points that he had about cheating, stepping out on their marriage, all of that? Um, all I ever want to hear from a man is what I did here, I will say. And it's, 
none of this would have happened if I just didn't, I wouldn't have done it. Exactly. I like when we just go back to the root and say that was just the core mistake. Like there is no other what ifs. Even how my wife is acting isn't even on her. It's on me. I should not have done it. Like I just shouldn't have done it. So when he went back to that, I was like, you're getting it back from me. You're getting it back from me. Because the goal is to just like, and learn that that is just unacceptable and it can't happen again because look at what it turns your life into. So that's all that I needed him to learn and he did that. And I think he's learned even more over time because I think he just got on what could happen five like months later and was like, just this past week, like learn that my wife is always right. I love her and whatever she says is correct. Like that is where you need to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go back to the beginning. I thought he, and it seemed more genuine from him, uh, at least what I thought watching him. Like maybe they had actually gone to therapy. Maybe they've actually processed, but I feel like he took the time yeah. and he was like, I'm not going to deflect. Like at the, yes, I was mad at Margaret, but at the end of the day, I'm the one that did and created this problem. Created that because I think that even takes a little bit of the responsibility off of Jennifer. Totally. I always thought. That Jennifer has always been like, she carries so much of the responsibility for this affair and she needed to share that, which is why she shared it with Margaret mm-hmm. and why she deflected it to her because she couldn't really deflect it to him. But it took a little bit off of her enough for her to just apologize like one more time to Margaret, like for one thing, because she was relieved of that pressure to carry the entire burden of this thing. I think he just didn't want to process it on camera. That's and that's fair. I that's an understandable thing. I I think Jennifer is a fantastic housewife. She is endlessly entertaining. She is just captivating on camera. And I would love to see her and Margaret have some sort of friendship, even if it's very really funny together. They They would be so funny. And it just pisses me off that Teresa like almost won't let anyone like if she doesn't like someone. She doesn't want anyone liking them. And it's and it sucks yeah. because so how does Dolores get away with it? I because think Dolores calling Margaret Margaret five times a day is concerning as a friend. Like as, I mean, I'm thinking of Teresa as a loyalist or whatever. I I don't think they're as close anymore. And she's clearly gonna that. choose anyone else over Dolores if asked. Uh-huh. So I mean, look at she didn't have Dolores at the engagement party because Dina didn't want to or Louie didn't want to. I mean, I think that, uh, I don't know. I think that Dolores doesn't push Teresa too much, uh, but Mm -hmm. Teresa doesn't, I don't think, think of Dolores in the same ride or die camp as she thinks of of Jennifer and some other people. So, yeah. Yeah. That's one of those like a better friend to her than she is to you. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, Well, Thank you so much for being on. Tell Thank everyone so where me. they can find your podcast, where they can find you on social, and anything else you want to plug. Um, sure. Uh, you can find me anywhere you listen to Mandy. If you rate her five stars and leave her nice words, you can go check me out. Um, mixing <laughs> with Monty and on Instagram and Twitter at the same thing at Mixing with Monty and my ex I G W I T H M A N I. And um, I have a merch line that's pretty fun. So that's a thing. Um, and, and I really enjoy making those. So it's fun. If you have any ideas that you want to see on a pillow or a t-shirt or a sweatshirt, let me know. Um, and uh, I think that 
it. So yeah. Get get your mixing with money merch. Yeah, team the table. That's my favorite <laughs> one so far. Seller. That and racism is bad for the skin are the two best sellers. Oh, I love those. Well, thank you so much for being on <laughs> and I look forward to brunch with your PowerPoint um, explaining yes. different brands to me. <laughs> oh yeah, we gotta make that happen. That is so important. <laughs> <laughs>